Margaret. Thanks for coming on the Vantage Point podcast, Together Your Character Chaos. First of all, how are you? Great, thanks. Thanks for having us. Yeah, I'm doing good. How are you, Rhiannon? Yeah, I'm really good. Yeah, thank you for inviting us on. This is really cool. For the listeners, how would you sum up your podcast? Because Character Chaos is your podcast, right? How would you sum that up, what you guys do, and where did the name Character Chaos come from? I mean, you came up with the name. Yeah, Do you want to talk did, about that? You came up with the premise of this podcast and I came up with the, the name of it. Yeah. And to be honest, I can't remember my thought process behind <laughs> that. Every week we talk about a different fictional character that we think is interesting or fun. We do like movies and TV shows and books, just whatever we feel like really. Maybe it's just someone we really like who's maybe not that good. We just like them. And yeah, we do like analytic stuff, some creative stuff. Makes sense. So I guess the name comes from the fact that you're talking about what characters you just characters you like. I'd say so. Yeah, it's always been what we've been interested in is like character writing. Why do you think characters are important um, in stories? For me personally, whenever I watch something like a movie or a show, for me, I care about the characters more than I care about the plot. Like a movie can have a very bad plot, and if it has good characters, I will absolutely love it. Like. (laughs) I think anyone who knows me kind of knows that about me. I love a good character. And when you get a good character arc, when you get a good like story of character development, for me, it just absolutely makes a film and it makes a show. And like me and Margaret just have so much fun just kind of humanizing these people, just kind of like making fun of them, like appreciating them. And we have so much fun just talking about the character specifically on the podcast. What are your favorite characters? <laughs> Do you each have a favorite? Margaret, would you we like do. to go first? Oh. Who's yours? I really love Brienne of Tarth from Game of Thrones. That, like, always tops the list for me. I love her so much. She, like, lives in my heart. It's probably a lot what, of Game of Thrones characters, honestly. They're too good. What is it about her journey um, that you find, that you relate to? I mean, there's so much. She's such a human person. Like, she struggles with a lot of, like, sexism in society and, like, a... I mean, I don't, I don't relate to like a fantasy medieval world, but she has all these like insecurities about herself and like the strength to carry on, and she feels like a very human person. I just, I don't know, I like her struggle. I think yeah, she's really someone sweet. you sort of connect to, even though you're not necessarily like a seven foot warrior, but you still, you, yeah, you see her her predicament in society in a way. What about you, Rihanna? Yeah. What's your favorite, um, your char- your favorite character if you could name one? My favorite character probably is, is for, also from Game of Thrones. So for a bit of variety, I'll give you my second favorite character. And that would be Sam Wilson from Marvel, you know, Captain America. Um, is that, uh, yeah, is that Falcon? The one it who is, was yeah. Falcon, yeah? yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Was Falcon at Captain America. Yeah, I absolutely love him. I just think he's like the funniest, most moral good character in marvel i think he's so underappreciated we literally just did an episode about him and it's just me gushing over (laughs) how much i love this character for about two hours (laughs) yeah yeah i'd say i'd say mine's also um one from the mcu to be honest i really like tony stark like his journey from the start from the first Mm -hmm. iron man movie to endgame it seems like there's a clear progression in his character he's so flawed he has problems difficulties that he gets through he starts off as probably quite an unlikable character i would say you know at the very start of his first movie he's you know flippant he's narcissistic full of himself and he gets so seriously humbled that you almost feel bad for this guy that initially you you sort of want to root against in the first place um do you think 
just talking about the MCU now then, do you do you feel like uh they're missing that kind of main character since Tony Stark and Captain America left the MCU? I'd say that's fair to say. I don't think we have a lack of good characters, but I think they're not focusing very well on any of them. Like I think like Sam or like Stephen Strange or like Wanda. There are plenty of characters that could like carry the story in that like central emotional way, but I don't think they've decided who it wants to be yet. But I'd say it's fair to say that that void hasn't really been filled yet. To be fair, I've never actually kind of heard it like spoken like that. But yeah, I think I think you're right. I think it is a little bit of a problem. We always kind of think who right now could be leading the Avengers, and even though it's probably most likely going to be someone like Sam or Steven, it's like, yeah, I think what like the first three phases of the MCU had in its favour was it had that core three. You know, it had Thor, it had Steve Rogers, it had Tony Stark, which really grounded them all. And then the characters worked kind of coming out from that. And yeah, I think I think but I think it'll I think it will fall into place. I think once we start getting the Avengers movies, I think it will come together and we'll we'll know who our new three are or whatever. Yeah. I have faith. Yeah. Who do you think it should be then? Who do you think we should sort of hold as the main like the leader as you put it as of the Avengers? Is it a Tom Holland like a Spider-Man or is it like um some maybe a character we've not even had yet, one of these young younger versions of a character? Do you think it will be one of them that comes through? If you had to predict it now, who do you think is mm. the main journey we'll sort of focus on? Because at some point, it's got to all come together, hasn't it, for these movies? It's got to focus on a few main characters, essentially, like the previous, the the more successful, I would say, uh, phases of the MCU did with Captain Captain America and Iron Man. Um, who do you think? Who do you think that'll be? I think Tom Holland's an interesting shout because he obviously has the like charisma to really carry yeah. something like that, but I don't think Peter Parker's that kind of character. I don't think he's built for that kind of role. I think he's more tackling his own side things. I don't know if he'd be the right choice, but I don't know, is Steven a good choice? I feel like Benedict Cumberbatch, as Steven has that like charisma to carry. I don't know what Carol is doing yet as Captain Marvel, but she'd be good. It's interesting. What do you think? I think they really wanted um, Captain Marvel to be the face of it following Endgame. It was quite a strategic move to drop the Captain Marvel movie right before Endgame. Um, yeah, that's I think true. that's what they were hoping would be the sort of fan favorite character. Um, but I, th I think uh, your Tom Holland Spider Man probably fan favorite at the moment. I would say. Um, yeah, probably. Yeah, Sam, Sam Wilson's a good shout. I think you know uh, Captain America for sure. Yeah. What do you think, I Rihanna? Think Sam's got to do it. It's yeah, Sam Sam. Train. I thought I'm you might Sam agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's got to be Sam. That man is a is a natural leader. He is born to lead. Like it's got to be him. I mean, he was Steve's choice, literally. Here you go. Yeah. Got to yeah. listen to Captain America. What can you if, say? If it's not Sam, I'm gonna be mad. <laughs> You're gonna throw a fit. I will. <laughs> I'd watch out, Kevin. She's serious. I am. <laughs> What do you think of um, uh, Bucky not getting the shield? Do you think it should have been him? Not at all. He is not. Why is that? Why is that? Like I absolutely love Bucky because he's a follower. He's not a leader. Like that man That's has always been like second in command to Steve, and he's never shown any signs of being a leader. I think he's a good person. I think he's a caring person. But I think Sam has those qualities that Steve had, and he can lead people. He can inspire faith. 
and he knows what to do. I don't think Bucky would be good in that role at all. Like, this is always going to be Sam's job, always. Sorry. I, I, I care a lot about this. I've argued with so many you random this people through. on Facebook about this. <laughs> yeah, you've actually got onto Facebook and argued with people about this very specific thing. Yeah, yeah I actually have. You've been preparing your whole life for that question. Yeah. That's dedication. <laughs> uh, what are your thoughts on... Um, I-, I touched earlier on um, like younger characters who are coming in who are... Um, some of them are name for name replacements of the characters we've we've sort of seen in the mcu so far um you know like there's a younger hawkeye now there's a younger um iron man essentially in the black panther movie um there's a few characters who are younger almost replacements of the same character do you think it's a good idea to be going this way or do you think it's a bit creatively disingenuous to just put stick the name on a new character without building them up in the same way rather than creating new characters what are your thoughts on that? I feel like as a business decision, it's obviously a good idea because, you know, they're thinking about expanding Marvel and making sure it lasts. So it makes sense that you want to like plant the seeds quite early for certain characters that could like continue on. And I don't think it's, yeah, it's not really a creative decision necessarily. It does feel like characters are kind of thrown in with the future in mind. But I, I could see creatively it's still working out as long as they do give them like attention. Like Ironheart got like, one scene in in Black Panther really about her. I don't think she's there yet, and I still think people don't feel very warmly towards her being her own character yet. But I think as long as they put in the time, they could. I mean, I have high hopes for Wiccan and Speed, Wanda's kids, who are now currently still like ten. But like, I think they could really become something. But it depends if really the creatively they put in that time and effort. But it would take time, I think, to like basically start from the beginning. Like basically give them their own Iron Man and really build them up from something that feels unique to them and is not just relying on like, oh, you saw Iron Man. Maybe you're like this. I think you've got to really give them the like, I don't know, yeah. you got to believe in them as a character, I think. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, it's, a, it's a tough decision, isn't it? Because you want to uh, keep going with that kind of IP. The name holds value now. When they first did Iron Man, that name had no value almost unless you're a comic book fan. And um now mm. it's a massive name, so they need something to fill it. But like you say, they've got to tell a compelling story to make you invest in that new character. Otherwise, you're constantly going to be held to the comparison of, well, Robert Downey Jr. did it better. It's always going to be that mm. unless you do something either different or better, which, you know, either is hard. Yeah, I think, I yeah, I, I don't mind. I don't mind them kind of being copies in a way because they all feel like people in their own right. Like they don't. Like, I don't know, the characters don't feel anything like the the old versions of them. I, I think they're, like, people in their own right. You know, I don't mind it. Yeah, yeah, you run a risk of um, you don't want someone too similar or it is, is really going to feel like copying, isn't it? You know, at least they're coming yeah. at it from different angles, I suppose. Um, yeah. yeah. I, I would, I'd say they're probably leading up to, like, a Young Avengers-type movie. Do you think that's what they're doing? Mm. Oh, yeah. It's coming. Definitely. I think basically everyone's in place they just gotta get them together but i think we've seen basically everyone at least once in like a a little scene i think they know what they're doing yeah they're laying out the groundwork now um yeah marvel has has developed a like a quite kind of a trademark style of this kind of quippy humor um that they have in movies now so this started in guardians of the galaxy and uh thor ragnarok where it worked really well but um 
what some people would think, and I, I'd be inclined to agree with them, is that when this is overused and there's too much humor injected into like the current kind of Marvel movies at the moment, um, it takes away some of the some of the heartwarming moments and some of the suspenseful moments that used to be like a staple and hold so much weight in Marvel movies. Like, you know, think Captain America Civil War, that not each character moment was ended with a funny joke. It, it didn't have to because it carried its own weight. Do, do you think that humor is mm. being overused now? Um, and do you think it could be used maybe more effectively? Okay, I mean, I think me and Margaret actually did have a disagree on this because I know... <gasps> Because I know oh, really? oh, Margaret hates the quips. I, oh, yeah. I like the quips. I actually really like them, which I know is an unpopular opinion and probably loses me points as like a film student, but I, I quite <laughs> like the quips. I I don't know. It's yeah, I, I agree sometimes maybe they could take themselves more seriously, but at the end of the day, it's a comic book movie. I love comic book movies. I don't want them to take themselves super seriously and I don't know. They make me laugh. To be honest, I quite like them. You disagree? It depends. Also, I do. Good I think it depends on that. the movie. <laughs> well, because I think you brought up Guardians of the Galaxy and uh, Thor Ragnarok, which I think it does work because James Gunn does it really well, and I think Taika Waititi does it really well. And I think in those movies, it worked because it does still have the heart. I think they're still really effective. I have issues with Joss Whedon, and I'm not the first <laughs> to have issues with Joss Whedon. Mm-hmm. I feel like it kind of started with him in the Avengers and in Age of Ultron. To be fair, the Avengers is less annoying, but I find Age of Ultron borderline unwatchable because I find his particular brand of quips to be, I feel like there's a woodpecker knocking at my brain. I find it so disingenuous and annoying. And I feel like it just depends. I feel like Infinity War had like a nice balance. I feel like that Marcus and McFeely know how to balance it, but I think in the wrong hands, it doesn't do so well. But yeah, I think, it depends. I, I was fine with Guardians and Ragnarok. Yeah. Like, MCU, it's evolved past the point of just being comic book movies, I would say. Like, it's its own... There's genres within that, I would say. You know, there's action movies, there's horror movies, there's comedy movies. And I think when you try and apply the same formula to all of them, it doesn't always pay off. Like, I had a similar reaction to Age of Ultron. I remember first noticing it in that movie where I thought, this is supposed to be a cold, calculating robot. Why is it making jokes? <laughs> you yeah. know, and it, it didn't yeah. it didn't feel right. You know, compared to the seriousness of the previous movies, and then you know when it comes to the dance off at the end, the Guardians of the Galaxy. I remember the first time I watched that, I found that so abrasive. But on a rewatch, I, I thought, right, I understand this is supposed to be a comedy. And then with that context yeah. going in, I I enjoyed it a lot more. Um, mm-hmm. so why do you think the Eternals then underperformed? Because that's a big you know, that that was one where they didn't rely so much on this kind of the quippy humor. That film took itself quite seriously, but it was released straight after Endgame. It had all the momentum of the MCU. Why do you think that film didn't do well? Rhiannon, you have the floor. Oh, okay. So this is one of my favorite movies ever. I absolutely love this movie. Let's go. Okay. I think initially this movie was fully review bombed. Like, it just was none of the reviews and none of the criticisms initially, I don't think, held any weight to them. I think it's just something new that Marvel did, bringing in a very artsy um, director like Chloe Zhao, making it very diverse and pushing a lot of boundaries that Marvel has never done before. There's 
you know, it's like openly gay characters in it. There's a sex scene in this movie. I think it scared a lot of people. I think it annoyed a lot of people. And it genuinely did just get review bombed. And then you can bring in, I think you can bring in some legitimate criticisms of this movie. I think it does try to do a lot. And every so often, I agree. I think Chloe Zhao's style and Marvel's style clash slightly. But honestly, I think it started to become a bit of a thing that you could hate this movie, and this movie started to become the poster for the fall of Marvel and for the Marvel fatigue that everyone's experiencing. I think that was this movie was the start of it, and it's just overhated to hell. I think it's just so easy for people to hate this movie. And personally, I think it's absolutely brilliant. I think it's the, one of the best things that Marvel's ever done. And it's just a shame that everyone wanted Marvel to do something new and different. And the minute Marvel does, everyone hates them. And I think it's such a shame because this movie's brilliant. Yeah, I mean, I'm I don't I'm not like in love with the movie. I liked it, but I do think it was picked on, and I think it came out at an unfortunate time. I don't fully know why it was so chosen to be the one that everyone put their anger into, but it was, and I think. Yeah, I think initially it was quite review bond for the diversity and then it just, people piled on because there are slight problems with it and people use that as an excuse. As like, see, this movie is bad because it had one scene I didn't like that maybe wasn't that great. And people weren't ready for Chloe Zhao's like independent film style that clashed with Marvel's like big budget blockbuster. I think it was just kind of unfairly chosen and people piled on. I think it was at the moment where everyone was like, oh no, we didn't love Black Widow and Shang-Chi. And it was like the third where people were like, Hmm, maybe phase four is not that great. Yeah, I think it I think it was unfairly chosen to be like the hated one. Yeah. Which is sad. I think it comes I think it comes down to a few things. Yeah, like I enjoyed it. I'm not gonna lie. I, I didn't watch it at first because of all the negative reviews. I thought there's almost no point in me going to see it. It doesn't sound good. And then when I did eventually come around to seeing it with that in mind, thinking, okay. Uh, I've heard the criticisms of it. Let's see what there is to enjoy here. And I ended up really liking it. I like Chloe, Z- um, Chloe Zhao. It's Zhao, isn't it? Um, her directive mm-hmm. style, like I think her kind of artsy kind of style works really well, actually, in, in these kind of big budget movies. Um, and the stuff with the, oh, what are they called? The big the big people. That was quite good. It looked good. <laughs> and, um, you know, the casting yeah. on the whole, I thought was re- really well done. And there's some pretty tense moments. Um I think it did have a few flaws, though. One being there's too many characters all introduced in the same movie. We're giving you little to no reason to care about them or even remember who their names were when it comes to the final scene of the movie. Whereas with the Avengers movies, yes, it had a big cast, but half of them, if not all of them, had had previous movies which established who they were. And you felt you felt like, you know, them going into the movie. So they had a huge advantage in that way. Um, I think they could have maybe combined some of the characters together uh i heard someone someone on a different podcast talk about this so i'm reiterating their point but i just think this would really work well there's what 12 eternals uh something like that isn't there there's quite a lot maybe if their powers were maybe condensed into maybe four or five of them so it's a smaller team because you know they've done that with the comics before they've they've combined the stories of different characters and reinterpreted them Mm. to what would work best for a movie and maybe in this case instead of trying to give each character like a five minute segment showing who they are at the start of the movie until you get to the actual plot <laughs> it might have benefited from having a very a much smaller cast and sticking with the same style because i think that worked well 
And maybe maybe in the way the film was marketed with the diversity being front and center, you know, obviously it's always good to have a diverse cast, but when you're using that in the marketing, it's going to put certain people off straight away, encouraging this kind of review bombing. And perhaps if they'd focused less on that in the marketing, th- th- people would have been less uh, opposed to it. I'd say that's fair. John Tocorino is your movie. Um, Let you go. I, I wouldn't agree with the characters of it all. I think they're all kind of vital. And I also, I love them all so much. So <laughs> I I personally think they all have a very vital role in the story. I, don't, I can't think of one of them that you could take out or merge. And yeah, I, I think they should all be there. But with the, yeah, with the... The last point you said, the diversity of it all. Like, yeah, you're right. It probably would have done better if they didn't market the diversity of it all. But I don't really think we should be pandering to the racists and the homophobes. Like, if I don't, I don't know. I don't think we should pander to them. I don't think we should change how we market and make movies for them. They can deal with it, you know? Yeah, I, th- I think it was more that, um, you know, it was clearly a political um, movement at the time. And it might have looked to people who aren't necessarily racist or homophobes that they're just piggybacking off the back of the obvious traction that you can get from bringing it up rather than just saying, here's a good story. Here you go. You know, um, I think drawing attention to it is uh, perhaps where they fell flat in the marketing department because people after Endgame just want a big story and action going on. And you expect a diverse cast. You know, this shouldn't be something that's like, we're make, we're doing something new here. We should have a diverse cast whenever possible because you know talented actors come <laughs> in all shapes and sizes. Um, but yeah, I feel like had those first three movies started stronger, Phase Four could have been a lot stronger because No Way Home I thought was really good. What do you think of that one? Mm, that was awesome. Yeah, I think Eternals was just Real wrong place, wrong time for it. Yeah. Yeah. That that was really fun. It was actually a really strong movie. Like it is sad that it is a movie about like three white Spider Men we've met before, and everyone was like, "Yay!" After disliking it, tells had such a diverse cast. But unfortunately, I do think it had like a really good story structure and was really fun and emotionally resonant. No way, home really slapped. <laughs> it did really well, but it also had the like nostalgia to like boost it. And Eternals was so fresh and brand new, and I think people really weren't inclined to really dive into that. But No Way Home was a really strong. Maybe if that had come first, it would have made people feel better about Phase 4 in general, and maybe they would have accepted Eternals a bit better, because mm. it was a little shaky beforehand. Maybe. That's a good, that's a yeah. good point. I've seen a lot of people go like, talk now about Eternals as like, oh, actually, that was really good, and we kind of uh, mm. glossed over it at the time. I th- and I think that's, that's a fair point. Because I, I certainly mm. had that perspective. I glossed over it, I think, at the time it came out. I thought, you know, there's a lot of negativity surrounding it. It doesn't feel the same as some of the other big movies. But now on a rewatch, I'd say that's probably one of the stronger Phase 4 entries, in my opinion. Yeah, I think history will look favourably on it, especially because it was so different. I think people can be like, oh, remember when Marvel used to do that really different thing and did that really interesting, like, visually different style? That was nice. Yeah, I hope it doesn't put them off um, trying different stuff, you know, trying new things. Yeah. and I hope they keep yeah. trying new things rather than settling into a formula. Now, I'd like yeah. to talk a little bit before we end about my favourite TV series, which is Game of Thrones. And I know you guys are big fans. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I even enjoyed the controversial season eight. What did you think of season eight? Did you enjoy it? Do you think it was a good <gasps> oh. ending or a rushed ending or what? How could they have fixed it? 
We hated it, and I thought it was very rushed. However, I do see why people enjoyed it. Because I think at the time, I was so swelled with emotion that I was like, that was fun! And then I, I go and rewatch it, and I'm like, oh no. <laughs> this really didn't yeah, same, work. Same. But, yeah. <laughs> but visually, the actors are great, and it looks great, and the sets are great, and it, it's just the script wasn't there. I think the writers really needed to care about the story they were writing, and like, put time and effort and not condense into six episodes where things just happen without any character moments or development or good di- It was just so rushed and so squished and D&D clearly wanted to get out of there and make all the movies that have now been cancelled because season eight was so bad. Yeah, I think the script just needed to be like handled with care and like attention to the characters. It just wasn't there. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Season eight is... <laughs> atrocious it's it's so bad (laughs) like it's almost quite impressive just how every single character in season eight of game of thrones just is a completely different person they're unrecognizable every single moment of character development they've ever gone through everything that makes them them is just gone and everyone is just a shell of a person and it's really really hard to watch when we've spent years investing in these characters and wanting to know what happened to them and then they're just completely different people it's we talked about Jamie Lannister on the first oh. ever episode that we did and I think he's the perfect example of that of how he goes in this perfect character arc to become yeah. a good person and then in the last two episodes he just abandons all of that to go inside with Cersei again and it's just it just puts such bitter taste in your mouth after what was a brilliant show. And just to end on that, it's just such a shame. It's just such a waste, you know? Yeah. No thought put into it. Just no. wasn't yeah, good. Waste, wasted potential, I would say, sums that up, to be honest. Um, you know, yeah. there's so much built up with the White Walkers, with them carving the symbols into floor, and you were wondering, <sighs> oh, what does all this mean? It didn't, it didn't go anywhere. And the whole thing no, with Daenerys, nothing. you know? I, I don't mind the <laughs> twist of her going crazy. But, you know, give it a bit of time to breathe. Give it a season or two to build up. Don't just put it in one mm-hmm. episode where she just randomly goes nuts. Um, yeah. And the White Walkers being taken yeah. out, they take out one of them and they all turn into slush puppies. What happened there? You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, mm-hmm. now we, we've not got, we've only got a few minutes left, so we're going to have to wrap up. But I just got one final season, uh, one final question for you, for you both. Um, is season one, Jamie Lannister secretly... Prince Charming from Shrek. Yes or no? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes, he is. He is absolutely. Yes. The clues yeah. are there. It's so obvious. They they were leading us there. And we saw it. Absolutely. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Same yeah. man. Yeah. yeah. It's a Shrek no, prequel. No. <laughs> it's a Shrek prequel. Game of Thrones. Yeah, definitely the it's case. a Shrek absolutely. prequel. Absolutely. <laughs> right. Shrek prequel, prequel confirmed. Um, thanks so much <laughs> for coming it. on, guys. Character Chaos. Um, yeah, go and check out their podcast. Thanks so much for coming on. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, thank you. This was really fun.